Okay, welcome everyone, and thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. We're going to talk uh, today for about 10 to 15 minutes or so uh, on the German real estate market, and in particular, what the government in Germany is doing to alleviate some of the pressures that the market is experiencing, obviously in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, first of all, just to introduce ourselves. I'm Xavier Hunter, a partner at Linklaters in the Asia real estate team. And part of my role is to work with Asian investors looking at uh, investing into the European uh, real estate markets. And I'm joined today by my partner, Wolfram Kruger, who leads our German real estate team out of our Frankfurt office. And Wolfram's got an awful lot of experience uh, also working for Asian investors, uh, making uh, commercial real estate investments into Germany. Well, Xavier, thank you very much for, for having me on this podcast and in particular, a great thanks uh, for, for all of our listeners here. Uh, so let's get going on this. So let's jump right into it. And we're going to look first at the key relationship of landlord and tenant. And again, as I say, what the German government is doing uh, to uh, alleviate the pressures, particularly to pay rent that tenants are under in the current situation. And then we're going to look at the borrower-lender relationship. Uh, and similarly, whether the government has introduced any relief on debt service obligations. And finally, we're going to wrap up with uh, looking at certain other aspects, uh, relief package measures that the government is taking uh, to assist market participants. So Wolfram, let's start with the landlord and tenant relationship and look at what the government in Germany is doing in the context of the obligation to pay rent. So, so uh, our view is that uh, as the current law stands, uh, this uh, current crisis that we're facing is actually an operational risk of the tenant. Uh, that, that means in consequence that uh, the lease continues, uh, rents remain due and payable and rents that are not paid uh, accordingly are in arrears and in default and uh, eventually default interest uh, would also uh, accrue uh, on those at the statutory rate. Uh, that, that view is not entirely undisputed. There are uh, uh, voices in literature that see it differently, but it is so far uh, uh, the prevailing view and in our uh, uh, opinion also the, the most convincing view. It is also supported by what the government has done, as you will see in a minute, uh, because the uh, government has actually introduced measures to alleviate that situation uh, for tenants who, who remain obliged to pay their rents uh, by introducing a moratorium on the landlord's right to terminate a lease based on rent arrears. Um, now, now, that works under two conditions. First of all, the rent arrears need to have uh, accrued uh, in the time between uh, April and for the time being uh, June 2020. So, so there's a clear time limit to it. Um, uh, and uh, the second precondition is that they need to be somehow uh, COVID-19 related, uh, which the tenant uh, needs to uh, demonstrate if in dispute. I see. I mean, there are, there, there, it's interesting that tenants need to demonstrate you know, the referral, if you like, of the rental obligation has to be COVID-19 related. Are you seeing any disputes there or is it still a little bit too early 
to see that emerging. Uh, I, I believe it's slightly early uh, to, to actually see that uh, you, as, as a positive take uh, at the beginning of the crisis. Uh, there, there has been actually quite a wave of solidarity and, and you see that there's a lot of uh, uh, talks going on between landlords and tenants to find uh, jointly find a way out of this crisis and, and, and settle on something, agree on payment plans, etc. Uh, which, in, in my view, is a good sign. And, and we, we actually had one client uh, who has managed to achieve settlements with over 1,000 landlords within uh, less than a month's time. So, so that shows that there's willingness to, to compromise and help each other. Uh, now, now, also, I mean, knowing that uh, as the longer this uh, situation will drag on, the more the litigious elements we will also face and come to the forefront. Uh, and and so, so I do expect more controversy in the future than we've seen so far. Um, but but so, so far, it's still going relatively uh, peacefully. Understood. Uh, Wolfram, you mentioned so far to June. Is there any discussion about extending the termination moratorium or the rent deferral entitlement? Correct. There, there is a, a relatively clear indication that there is a willingness uh, by the government to extend this until end of September. So, so that is already relatively clearly outlined. Plus, there is a m more vague indication that if, if even that would not be sufficient, uh, there could be an extension past September 2024 as long as required. So understood about the landlord-tenant relationship, Let, let's switch to talk a little bit about borrowers and lenders. And the first question, obviously, is there something similar that the government has done in the context of obligations to service debt in the current situation? To, to some extent, surprisingly, actually, there, there, there isn't. Uh, because one, one thing I maybe need to add to the landlord-tenant relationship is that uh, this moratorium uh, has been introduced equally for residential leases and for commercial leases. The same approach, interestingly, has not been taken, at least not directly been taken, uh, in relation to uh, lenders and borrowers. There, there is a comparable moratorium uh, for consumer loans. There is not a comparable moratorium uh, in effect uh, for commercial loans. So, so theoretically, uh, the landlords who are borrowers under a commercial loan uh, will need to continue servicing their, their debt and interest payments. Practically, uh, there, there are some measures which, uh, uh, on, on several levels, uh, try to alleviate that situation. Uh, for, for example, there is a, a whole bundle of state aid uh, uh, that has been enacted uh, starting from uh, non-refundable direct aids, which are effectively uh, freebies to small businesses, up to 50 employees, uh, uh, up to state-backed loans uh, w without uh, further credit risk assessment, etc., uh, in, in order to keep liquidity in the market. And, and, and the the experience of the last month actually shows that, that a lot of that liquidity created through those measures is applied by tenants in order to pay their rents. Uh, so, so there are not as many rent defaults as you would maybe imagine uh, given the situation. Uh, the, the second element uh, maybe noteworthy is that uh, also the banking supervisory uh, um, has been uh, uh, to some extent 
uh, eased, uh, and in particular, the counter-cyclical capital buffer requirements for banks have been reduced in order to allow banks to uh, follow a more lenient approach, and 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 that's what we're currently seeing. Uh, I, I think during the financial crisis, uh, banks uh, in Germany have fared quite well with a wave and prolong approach, and it, it looks like uh, uh, there's a willingness at the moment to, to replicate that strategy, um, but perhaps also for lack of, of really uh, um, intriguing alternatives, because I mean, uh, what do you do as a bank if you accelerate the loan? Uh, uh, the only route you then have is uh, uh, try an enforcement. Enforcement already in good situations is a lengthy and at uh, times tedious procedure, and it is not not actually made easier by the current crisis. I see that that makes a lot of sense. So what 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 we're seeing in practice is a sensible dialogue at this stage between banks and borrowers recognizing the challenges. And I'm, I'm assuming you're seeing things like um, covenant uh, waivers and um, maybe even standstill arrangements or rescheduling of the payment obligations. Is that the sort of, is that the sort of thing you're seeing? Correct. In the moment, there's still very much a, a, a mood of, of we're in this together somehow, um, which how long that prevails remains to, to be seen uh, if the situation drags on. But, but for the moment, this is a, a relatively optimistic uh, um, uh, feeling I get from, from out of the market and what we see parties are doing there. What about the insolvency regime, Wolfram? Have you seen any... Um... Any response from the government there? Uh, de definitely. There, there, there's obviously uh, an aim to try to prevent unnecessary or premature insolvencies. Um, and in order not to trigger these, uh, there, there have been two main measures introduced uh, um, on the insolvency side. Uh, the, the first one is that uh, the obligation uh, and duty of managing directors to file uh, for insolvency without undue delay if their company is over indebted or illiquid has been eased uh, until the end of September. So, so there is basically a suspension in order to allow for more time. Uh, there, there are two criteria for that. One, uh, there, there again needs to be some kind of nexus or relation to the COVID-19 crisis. And secondly, there at least needs to be uh, some hope or chance of recovery. Um, and the, the second element of that is that also the right of third parties to apply for insolvency uh, over another company um, has been suspended uh, until the end of September for the time being. I see, that's very interesting. So I assume but rights of third party to apply for an insolvency includes banks, which of course is relevant in this the context of this discussion. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Well, look, shall we talk just very briefly now about tax uh, and what relief the government is introducing there to alleviate the situation? Uh, ha happy to. Um, there, there has been a whole bundle of measures that the government enacted there, uh, starting with enhanced options for deferring tax payments, uh, continuing with the reduction of tax 
prepayments, which for relevant for, for uh, property investors includes uh, the tax categories of VAT and income tax, um, a general uh, suspension of tax enforcement measures and late payment penalties on taxes uh, until the end of this calendar year. Uh, and, and then it, it, you could go on for almost ever. Uh, it, it continues with measures like uh, eased uh, rules on the forfeiture of tax loss carry forwards. Uh, and there, there is a VAT reduction from 19% to 7% for the uh, gastronomy because restaurants are apparently uh, particularly uh, hard hit uh, in, in the lockdown, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so I, I don't think we should go into all of these details at the moment there there is there, there are more than than the ones mentioned but these are probably the most relevant ones for the field of real estate investors okay well we're going to wrap up there i think and what i'll try to do is summarize very briefly what i think are the key takeaways so first of all for landlords and tenants there is what in effect amounts to an entitlement for tenants who are affected by the COVID-19 situation to defer rent payments through the end of June. It's not written that way in the law. Technically, it's uh, a moratorium on uh, termination of leases for non-payment of rent, but the effect, the economic effect, is, as I say, to enable tenants to defer rent. Uh, now, there are discussions underway about whether to extend that period through the end of September. In contrast, in the borrower-lender relationship, there is no similar uh, entitlement uh, of the borrower not to make uh, loan service payments. And at first sight, that's, that looks potentially troubling for landlords who have loans, because they may well obviously find themselves in a situation where they're not receiving the rent, but nonetheless, they have to, to continue to service their debt. But it's not as bad as it looks because the government's done a number of other things to alleviate the situation. The first is a package of measures designed to provide liquidity to tenants so that they are more likely to be in a position to make rent payments and not take advantage of the deferral entitlement. That's the first thing. Second is providing accommodation to the banks so that they are in a position to be more flexible. Uh, in discussions with uh, borrowers, uh, such as, as Wolfram mentioned, uh, relaxation of the capital uh, requirements. And finally, uh, a standstill arrangement, uh, to some extent at least, in the insolvency regime. So it's better than it at first sight looks. Uh, and that, of course, will be welcome to landlords and investors uh, with loans. It's, a, it's clearly a dynamic situation, and do look out for updates from us in due course as the situation evolves, and do reach out either to Wolfram or to me or to your usual link latest contact if you want to discuss any of this or indeed anything else. So with that, we'll leave it there, and thanks again for taking the time to listen to this podcast, and we'll be in touch again soon.